morning. You know, I, uh, I've spoken here several times, and <laughs> okay, I'll try to behave. Um, I've spoken here several times, and I love to bring the word of God, and I love to be God's cheerleader, and I love to come and speak a word that gets you excited about who you are in Christ, gives you um, just emboldened to go out and live a powerful life for the Lord, right? I love that. And so for those of you who've never heard me speak before, um, I just want to apologize in advance. Because <laughs> this word is a little bit different. I think God has been preparing you for this word this morning, though, um, because it, it might be a little bit difficult, right? Um, I, I teach high school math, and there's some topics that I just love to teach. And some topics I walk in the classroom and I tell my kids, you guys know I love you, right? <laughs> That's this kind of topic this morning. You guys know I love you, right? <laughs> you know God loves you. I, I love the words that were coming forth about how God is our husband and he loves us. He does love us. We all know, most of us in this room can um, quote John 3.16. What does John 3.16 say? That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We love that verse. John 3.17 is just as important. John 3.17 says that Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn us. And so I want to, I didn't come this morning to condemn you. That is never, ever, if you know anything about me, you know that's never, ever my heart, right? That's not the heart of the Father, and it's not my heart. So I want you, as you hear this message this morning, I don't want you to feel any condemnation. I don't want you to feel any guilt. Because last Sunday, I'm sorry I couldn't be here with you last Sunday. I was flying back from being with my daughter. But last Sunday, what we learned, Jesus rose again so that we don't have to be condemned. We don't have to feel guilt because all of our sin, everything was nailed to the cross. Death was defeated. Uh, Jesus won over sin and hallelujah, he rose again. So remember that as we receive this word this morning. This morning I want to talk about, I know I'm off screen, but can I just sit for a little bit? Okay, so this morning I want to talk about how to live an unoffendable life. Because I have a friend whom I love, and she, she just says, I'm unoffendable, I'm unoffendable. And I was like, good for you, Tina. <laughs> I got to work a little bit at it. I am not where I need to be. So as I, as we go through this this morning, I don't want you to think that I am coming to you as some kind of moral superiority. I am not. I am coming to you with a word God is speaking into my heart, things that I am struggling with. And I want to walk with you in that struggle. If you're struggling with being offended, I want to walk through that with you. So we're going to walk through it together. I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles to open your Bibles because I am going to ask some of you to help me read some scripture this morning. Is that okay? Uh, you might have to read loudly. Yeah, I was just thinking it would to Okay. Well, you can come up front. Be ready. Tell 
and speak loudly. Don't preach. <laughs> yes. There's the extra mic. Oh, okay. I could be. Um, <laughs> I saw a, a, a YouTube, not a YouTube, a Facebook post this morning. Of, we're going to go way back. Uh, Phil, what was his name? Phil? No. So, Donahue. So, <laughs> we're going to go way back this morning. And we could be Phil Donahue. Somebody wants to be my Phil. Here, Adriana, you could be. <laughs> you could be my Phil this morning. <laughs> Okay. So my title this morning is Birthing Babies and Building Walls. You ready, ready. to birth some babies and build some walls this morning? <laughs> Turn with me to 2 Samuel 6. We're going to start in verse 12. And we're going to start with the story of Michal. I think that's how you say it. Michal. 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 It's, it's with a K. Michal. We're going to start with her story this morning. Are you guys familiar with who Michal is? Nope. She was David's first wife. She was Saul's daughter. And in the beginning, she loved David. The Bible says she loved David. Um, and David won her with 200 foreskin of Philistines. I was a little jealous because my husband didn't pay anything for me. <laughs> when he asked my, my dad was very happy to get me off his payroll. When he asked for my hand in marriage, my dad was like, she doesn't like cheap stuff. That's what my daddy said. <laughs> so I guess he knew what he was getting into. So when uh, Saul, Michelle's dad, Michelle's daddy, um, was angry with David, he sent an assassin, and Michal actually helped David escape from the assassin. Um, but when David fled, Michal did not go with him. And so she was given to someone else. We don't understand this in our culture, but this would happen. And with that other person, she had five children. But when David became king, he forced her to come back to him. Now, how many men know you don't force a woman to do anything? That's a recipe for trouble right there. So that is the history of Michal. That's where, we, that's where we're going to start this story with that history in mind. And if we read starting in verse 12, and I'm just going to kind of read through this. Now, it was told King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And it was so, and so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. So I want you to notice one thing here before we get back to the story. It says that all the house of Israel were there and they were shouting and they were dancing and this was a celebratory moment. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, 
looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. So they bought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread and a piece of meat and a cake of raisin. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to his own household to bless them. So David is going to bless his family, which would have included Michal. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, and I think this is sarcasm, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovered himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servant, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me and father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. And here's where we get that song. And I will be even more undignified than this and will be humbled in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Verse 23, therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Michal was a little bit offended. And I like her name is Michal because I, me, I can relate to her. Can anybody else in this room relate to Michal? Or all you like my friend and unoffendable? I have to fight against being offended. I'm just going to be honest with you. I wish I could just walk in it naturally. I'm working on it. The Lord is working with me. But I have to fight to be offended. Any, anybody else like that? Is it just me? Because I'll preach to me. That's okay. I don't mind. What are the effects, the fruit of offense? We see it in verse 6, 15, and 16. If you go to that next slide. This is the fruit. And yes, I chose rotten fruit. Because this is rotten fruit that it comes forth when we're offended. Michal was separated. Offense isolates us. It allows bitterness to grow, and to grow in our heart. We see all of this with Michal. There's a judgmental spirit when we allow offense to rise. And offense is a destiny killer. It will kill our destinies. Someone spoke earlier about the promises of God and the promises of God are yes and amen. And hallelujah, they are. But we can, we can thwart the promises of God when we walk in offense. Now, now, please hear me out. You know, God is a good God. And God is not, okay, I'm going to go back to another old reference. Anybody remember Seinfeld? And you remember the soup Nazi on Seinfeld? No soup for you. God is not the soup Nazi, okay? God is not standing in heaven with his hands folded going, no blessing for you. That is not what's happening here. When I say that, it is a destiny killer. It is not on God's part. It is on our part. Because when we're in fence, this is the official stand 
of those in offense. <laughs> How can God give us something when we're standing with our arms folded? So it is our actions that's blocking the, the be, not being able to receive from God. Now let me just also say this. This is also the symbol of people who are cold. So when you see me sitting like this, bring me a blanket. I'm not offended. I'm just cold. Okay. While everyone was together, she was alone. That was her fruit. So we want to talk about how can we avoid being offended? Um, if someone could get for me Proverbs 19.11 and James 1.19. Okay, when you have it, raise your hand and Adria, Adriana Adrian will bring the mic to you. Proverbs 19.11 and James 1.19. As Christians, we have to learn to avoid being offended. Okay, that's just something that we have to carry. We have to bear. We cannot afford to be offended. And I'm going to tell you why later. Well, because we have destinies we have to give birth to. And we cannot afford to be offended. Can you read? Which one do you have, um, Proverbs Amy? 19, Proverbs 19.11. Can you read that, please? Proverbs 19.11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and it is to his glory to overlook a transgression. And the NIV calls that an offense. It is to our glory to overlook an offense. And someone have James 119. <laughs> James 119. Actually, this is one of my favorite books, James. Um, there's a lot of great nuggets in here. So, um, this you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Good. So that slow to anger, that word anger, means agitation of the soul. Is that not a great word for offense? You agitated my soul. I think I'm going to start telling that to my students. You're agitating my soul right now. <laughs> so we are supposed to be slow to have our souls agitated that's what the bible calls for us so how do we do that how do we live a life free of agitation of soul how do we live a life that is fruitful good fruit not the bad fruit we saw before but good fruit and and we walk in our destiny how do we live a life free from offense that's what i want to talk to you about this morning i'm going to, it's very simple i'm going to give you four steps you ready the first one you're gonna like the first one the first one is self-care <laughs> self-care is not selfishness let me just say that but we need some alone time with Jesus um, can I need two people to get a scripture um, quickly when I was in I'm just gonna say mark 135 somebody get mark 135 and Luke 516 okay Mark 135 and Luke 516. Not to make you guys feel bad, but when I was in India and I would give a Bible verse before I could say Mark, they would have it out. They were so quick. It was so, it was so funny. Have you ever taught in India? It is the most, it's the best place to teach because everyone's so hungry. And as soon as, you, and it's like this competitive spirit. And as soon as you give a verse, everybody's got it. So Mark 135 and Luke 516. Did anyone get that? Mark 135. 
Are you violent telling people? I had Luke 5 pulled up, so. Sorry, Luke. Mark 135, you said? Mm-hmm. All right. It is very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mm-hmm. You have Luke 5, 16? You want to do that one, too? Do that one, too. Mm-hmm. Luke 5, 16. And then somebody else get Mark 6, 30, and 31. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Mm. Jesus often. Jesus is perfect theology, people. So if Jesus did it, we need to do it. Jesus often withdrew to quiet places to pray. So we need to make sure we're taking care of our soul by getting a long time with Jesus and with God. Now, of all three of these that I'm going to talk to you about, that's the one that I am the best at. The other two, we're working. But that's the one that I'm best at. I try to get along with God every single morning and just spend some time with God. And I invite you to do that too. Again, no condemnation, no guilt. It's an invitation, people. If you want to live a life that where you're not walking an offense, I'm encouraging you to get along with God and just spend some time every morning with him. Yes. Luke 6. Mark 6. I'm sorry. Mark 6. Mark 6. No, she's in Luke. We need a new person. <laughs> Adriana, we're going to have a conversation about grace. After <laughs> I don't. Mark 6, 30 through 31. Mark 6, 30 through 31. Mark 6, 30, 31, right? Yes. Okay. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a little while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Very good. First thing, we need to get along with Jesus. Second thing, we need to rest. That is my hardest one because I have a type A personality. I have 20 million things to get done, and I'm always working. And God is showing me in this time, in this season, I need to stop and rest. Because when I am tired, I'm not a, sometimes I'm not a happy person. Okay? That's a nice way of putting it. One more. 1 Corinthians 6.19. So, we need to do self-care. Alone time with Jesus. Physical rest. Eat well. That's the next one. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.19. I can't. I know. <laughs> Don't you guys have them all memorized? No, I'm just kidding. 619. 619. Yes, we're going to we're going to rest. <laughs> we're resting. 619. Yes. Go ahead. Oh. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. Mm. Your body's a temple. We need to take care of our body. And part of taking care of our body is eating well. Of all of these, that's where I am least best. I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm growing in the Lord. But I encourage you, my brothers and my sisters, to take care of yourself. If you want to live a life that's unoffendable, you have to um, take care of you. Why is this? We are... Go to the next slide, please. We are made up of body, spirit, and soul. 
That's part of who we are. We have a body. We have a spirit. We have a soul. And when we received Jesus Christ as our Savior, our spirit was saved. Our spirit is one with God. That's why the Bible tells us to be led by the spirit. But when we are tired, when we're not taking our care of ourselves, you know what happened? Our soul has a coup. <laughs> and our soul takes over. And our emotions, I told you last time I spoke, to feel your feels. Your emotions are wonderful things, but they are not equipped mm -hmm. to drive the ship, Amen. to steer the ship. Because they, if my my soul is my soul and my body i am sitting home watching hallmark movies eating ice cream all day long nothing is getting done so we have to make sure that we are well rested so that our soul is not staging a coup because it likes to do that we have to be well fed well rested um, can someone read Galatians 5, 6, 17? When we are spiritually tired, emotionally tired, physically tired, our soul wants to take over. I was at, I'm going to tell you the story because, you know, I'm just transparent, right? I went to rent a car and I was trying to do it over my planning period lunch break. So I was hungry. I was rushed. And when I got there to rent this car, all they had was this little white car. I, I, when I'm not exaggerating, when I tell you that car was no longer, just slightly longer than my arm span, because I tested it. And so my soul thought, hey, this is a great time to have a coup. <laughs> and my soul took over, and I found myself like a two-year-old at the, at the rental place. And I, like a two-year-old, I'm like... I want a big car, no clown car, big car. I want a big girl car. That's what I was saying in my soul. And my soul took over because I was tired and I was hungry and I needed, I was rushed. I had read my Bible that morning though. We have to be careful that our soul is not winning that coup. What does Galatians 5, 16 and 17 tell us? Sir. <laughs> so I say walk by the spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. There you go, people. Paul, I can't say it any better than that. Your soul and your spirit are in conflict, and you need to get your soul saved. We all need to get our soul saved. Our spirit, it's good. So let's let our spirit steer this ship. And we can do that better when we're well, well rested, well fed, and well exercised. Okay? First thing. First thing we want to do to be unavoidable is to take some self-care. Okay? Second thing. This is, this is where it gets a little bit more difficult. Okay? We need to deal with our shadows. Go to the next one. I just took a class called Emotionally Spiritual Healthy Leader. And I encourage you, I know Leah is by Pete Scazzaro. And I know Leah is a big component, opponent, proponent. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> a proponent. I'm a math teacher. I get to do that. A big proponent of Pete's work. So I really encourage you to read this book. It has been very life-changing for me. Um, 
and he talks about the shadows and our shadows are those unhealthy un unresolved trauma hurts disappointments from our past we all have them and so a lot of times when things happen we interpret those things through our shadows and we make things bigger than what they are because we're looking at it through a filter. We have a word for it. Now, I don't like this word. It's called being triggered. I don't like this word because it makes it sound like it's okay. It's not okay. We need to deal with our shadows. And we all have them. We need to deal with them. So how do we deal with our shadow? Well, let's look at what David did. Now, David, this is not a good example, husbands. <laughs> Of how to deal with those shadows. But I want you to see that David recognized. That Michelle's issue. Was not with him. Michelle's issues. Was with the fact. That the kingdom had been taken from her father. That her, she had lost her brother. And her dad in war. And maybe that was driving Michelle. More than the fact that David. Was out there dancing. Okay. So if we read that story. I have the scripture for you there. You can read it. David said it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. Now again, man, I'm telling you that may not be the best approach to this, but he saw that she was not really angry with him. She was upset that he was king and her father wasn't. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, hey, don't be mad at me. Mm -hmm. This is what God chose. Okay. So we have to be careful because a lot of times when we're entering in conflict with someone, when we're offended with someone, we have to stop and ask ourselves, wait a minute, did this person really do that? Is this really this big? Or am I being, the word I don't like, triggered? Mm -hmm. Am I viewing this through my shadows? Okay? You guys got a little quiet on me. Are we okay? There's no condemnation in Christ. So we all have our shadows. We all need to ask this question of ourselves when things are going on. So how do we overcome our shadows? Go to the next one. First of all, and I said this today, I need somebody, oh, well, it's on here, to uh, read Hebrews 4.12. In order to deal with our shadows, we have to let the word of God deal with those shadows. What does the Bible said, uh, say about the word of God? Somebody read this for me. <laughs> Adriana has it. Raise your hand. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We got to submit our life to the word of God. Let me just tell you something. If you're reading the word of God and you only see the fault in other people, you're not reading the word of God right. Because the word of God is for us so that we can, we put our life on the line. We put our spirit on the line and we allow God to deal with us. And when God deals with us, again, there's no condemnation, no condemnation. There's no shame. When I read something that's convicting to me, it's kind of like that. Oh, yeah. Because God is always inviting me to do better. He's always inviting me to become more like him. And we've got to let the word of God penetrate deep in our souls and in our spirits and divide all the junk that's there. And only the word of God can do that. But we've got to submit 
to the word of God. We've got to submit. We've got to open up ourselves and lay before the Lord and say, Lord, I, here I am. I am yours. You deal with me. I give you everything. I give you my hurts. I give you my frustrations. I give you my disappointments. I give you, we, like we talked about last, the last section, we lay our lives on the table to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we say, Lord, have your way. Let your word cleanse me. Let your word heal me. Let your word change me. We got to give it to the Lord. The next one. How do we deal with our shadow? The Holy Spirit. Uh, can someone get John 14, 26, please? John 14, 26. There's a scripture that we read that I think. <laughs> okay. <Here>. But, <laughs> but the helper, the Holy Spirit, you can hear me anyway. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Okay, we got a new standard. You all have to read it like Patty now. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our helper. So we go to the Holy Spirit and we lay down before the Holy Spirit and we let the Holy Spirit do its work. The Bible says the Holy Spirit um, convicts us not of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts the believer of righteousness. The Holy Spirit tells us as believers, you are not being who God has called you to be. Come on, let's do this differently. Let's do this better. God has a better way. This is who you are. You are not a sinner. You are not, uh, you, you are not this person. You're better than that. Let me lead you to who God has called you to be. We've got to lay our lives down in front of um, the Holy Spirit. And finally, I'm going to say this one. Sometimes you might need a little counseling. Now, I, I am a, I love Jesus. I love miraculous healing. I do. I love miraculous healing. I love to pray for people and I've seen people heal instantly. I've also go to the doctor. Because I believe that God equips doctors and nurses and counselors and therapists. And this is something that God has given us and we should take full advantage of it. So I encourage you, if you're dealing with your shadows, to go see a counselor. There is no shame in that. There's no shame whatsoever. Because God can use counselors to bring healing to our hearts. So, to deal, to live a life that's unoffendable. First, we're going to take care of ourselves. Secondly, we're going to deal with our shadows. You do not have a right just to say, well, that was triggered, so I got to act like a butthole today. You don't have that right. You don't. You have to. Oh, can I say that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I teach teenagers, so... <laughs> you don't have that right you've got to find help you've got to deal with your shadows okay no no guilt no condemnation but we're going to get better all right people because we're not going to live a lot we're going to live a life that's unoffendable third thing we're almost done third thing we need to believe the best in people because a lot of times 
we're just misunderstanding people. We're, we're, we're hearing things and it's not what they're really saying. We need to just believe the best people. Um, the Bible says that love thinks no evil. So we don't think evil of people. It believes all things. It hopes all things. So we walk in people of love. So when I am confronted with something and I don't understand what's going on, I'm going to believe the best out of them. I'm going to believe that they are not doing something because they're evil or don't like me or whatever. I am going to truly believe the best. Did you know, go to the next slide please, that there was a whole war started by a misunderstanding in the Bible. A whole war. So what happens in 1 Chronicles 19, um, I'm not going to read all that because it's a lot and <clears throat> we're, you know, I'm trying to get out early. I'm trying to be good. But in 1 Chronicles 19, what happened was this king died. And this king had been nice to David. So David thought, oh, well, I will send some delegates to show my respect. And the king's son and his advisors thought David was sending the men for, um, for nefarious reasons. So the king and, and his people, they shaved the men, which in that day was an insult, and they exposed their buttocks, which in any day is an insult. <laughs> and you guys know David. You don't do something like that to King David. So they started a war. David was trying to do something good, trying to honor the king. It was misinterpreted, and a whole war started because of a misunderstanding. The Bible says that, let me see if I, I wrote it down somewhere. There's like 19,000 people died in a war simply because someone misunderstood. Guess we have to learn to just see the best in people because when we don't, our, we can steal destinies. 19,000 destinies were stolen because of a misunderstanding. This king's destiny was stolen. He was supposed to be king. He ended up serving David. His destiny was stolen because he couldn't bother to ask questions. He couldn't be bothered to think the best of people. I'm gonna give you an example. A few years ago, I was, I was the women's pastor at Hope Chapel and the men's pastor and I decided to do a Bible study together. We wrote a book together and it was very powerful Bible study. And, um, but in the in between, while we were working on it, we were working together on it. One day I was at the library and his wife came into the library. And she was dropping her kids off because they had um, play rehearsal or something there. She was dropping her kids off at this play. And I was sitting there waiting for a client. And so when she was leaving, I saw her and I said, hey, Teresa, how you doing? And she kept walking. She didn't say a word to me. She just walked out the, out the library. I had a choice there. I could say, who she thinks she is. She talked to him at church. She can't talk to me in public. I could have gotten offended. Or I could choose to believe this is a mom who just dropped off her children. We, we know how hard it is to get kids anywhere on time. So she had gotten those kids to that place on time and she was focused on getting out that door before somebody said, hey mom, wait, I forgot. She was focused on getting out that door. So I, instead of getting offended by it, I took it as she was focused on getting home. She was in mom mode. We all know what that mom mode feels like, right? <laughs> Ask your wife. <laughs> We're in that, she was in that mom mode. 
when I talked to her later about it, she laughed. She, she was very apologetic. Oh, I didn't see you. I was focused on getting out of the door. I know that because I've been there. So we, we have to look at people's actions and not just assume the worst about them. Because as Christians, we believe things. We believe all things are good. We hope in people. We trust that their motives are good. That's what we do as Christians. All right? Um, so I could, now if I had gotten offended, what would have happened if I had gotten offended? That Bible study that spoke to so many people, that, that spoke to the hearts of so many people would not have happened. Because I could have gone back to Adrian and said like, your wife didn't speak to me. Why didn't your wife? You know what I mean? I could have had an attitude. But I chose not to. Choose not to. Think the best of people. Com email communication, digital communication is the worst type of communication either because you can't hear tone. So don't read an email. Don't read a text and think someone is being mean to you, being nasty to you. Go to that person if you have relationship with them. Talk it out face to face. Okay? Are you with me? The Bible says love covers the multitude of sin. <laughs> love just absolutely covers it. So love covers those text messages. Love covers emails. Love covers a multitude of sin. Do not allow offense to steal your destiny. Last point. You ready? Last point. What if the person really is a jerk? <laughs> what if they really don't like you? This happens. What if they really are betraying you? What are you going to do? And this for me is speaking loudly at this moment because um, last semester, at the end of last semester, so it's beginning of the year. Um, one of my assistant principals got an email from a parent who was upset with me. And she said in her email, I want to meet to talk about Ms. Bolden. And she doesn't care about her students. Now, that principal, that assistant principal was leaving. So he sent it to the main principal who sent it to me and said, please contact this parent and work it out. And I replied, no. <laughs> she said she didn't want to talk to me. She wanted to talk about me. So you guys get together and talk about me because she didn't want to talk to me. So, and, and that's a true story I did say. <laughs> and you know, then the principal came and I wrote a letter explaining myself. I didn't want to do it. I'm gonna tell you why I didn't want to do it. Because I knew nothing I would say would change her mind. And sometimes you just have to let people not like you. You can't change who you are. I did those things. I looked at it. I know last semester, I was probably not the best teacher in the world. We were going through a pandemic. I wasn't the best teacher. I know this. I was dealing with my own stuff. I had friends, a friend who was really sick, who was dying. I was going through my stuff. So when her child got COVID, maybe I wasn't as nice as I could have been. Okay? So her child got COVID, but that was a whole different story. The way I deal with this whole different story. So fast forward to Friday. Her child is in another teacher's class because <laughs> I teach calculus. We have calculus 8, 1 and calculus 2. 
So she had the child had me for calculus one. Now she's in calculus two. Another teacher's class. She's still failing. Okay, she still got a D. The parent wants to meet with the uh, teacher. They meet, and you know what they talk about? Me. <laughs> it's still my fault. I'm still a horrible teacher. So the other teacher came to tell me this, and I'm laughing, and she doesn't understand why I'm not offended. And I'm like, because one, it's great sermon. I'm going to teach on this on Sunday, <laughs> so it's a great sermon lesson. But two, because I can't afford to stop what I'm doing to deal with this craziness. So let me tell you. Go to the next slide. I'm going to I'm going to teach you a new word. Okay. So my friend uh, Jay Dwayne is here, and here's the new word. What you're not going to do. This is what you're not going to do. This is a black, this is a word in the black community. It's all one word. What you're not going to do. So let me tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to forget who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. You are a son. You are a daughter of the most high. And I don't care what is going on around you. I don't care who's misbehaving around you. That's who you are. And you're not going to forget that and get down and act like they are. That's what you're not going to do. Let me tell you what else you're not going to do. You're not going to forget that you are freely forgiven. And God has called you to forgive freely. Regardless to whether or not they're repentant. Regardless of whether or not they admit their faults, you are called to forgive. You're not going to allow your emotions to win this coup. You're not going to do it. That's what you're not going to do. Okay? You are going to let be ruled by your spirit and not by your emotions. And what you're not going to do is you're not going to get off that birthing table. Let me tell you a story. My daughter, I have one daughter, she was born March 20th, the first day of spring. And she was born at Wake Med. Anybody had babies at Wake Med? Wake Med is a teaching hospital. So if you have a baby early in the morning, let me just tell you what's going to happen. Everybody's going to come in and they're going to want to watch. Everybody. I mean, so the room was full of people. I'm giving birth, first day of spring. And somebody, there was this big, beautiful window behind me. Somebody looks out the window and says, it's snowing. Everybody in the room, including my husband, <laughs> stopped what they were doing. And when I said I was giving birth, I mean, I was pushing, okay? They all stopped what they were doing and looked out the window at the snow. And I'm lying, giving birth, and I'm going, hey, people. <laughs> giving birth here let's focus because I did not have the luxury of looking out the window at the snow I didn't have the luxury of getting off that birthing table and going playing in the snow I don't have that luxury because no matter how much my husband loves his daughter no matter how eager those nurses were no matter how professional those doctors were there was only one person in that room who could give birth to destiny and it was me and I am telling you, there's only one person that can give birth to your destiny, and it's you. And you don't have the opportunity. You don't have the luxury of getting off that birthing table and dealing with stupid stuff. 
You don't have the luxury of getting off that birthday table and dealing with politics. You don't have the luxury of getting off that birthday table and dealing with race relationships because God has a promise for you. God has a destiny for you and only you, you and only you can birth your destiny. Get back on that birthday table. Get back on that birthday table. We have loud society to pull us off with just crazy stuff. We're offended by everything. We are offended by every single thing. We have left churches because we're offended. We have left family because we're offended. And it's time for us to get back on that birthday table. God has a birthday plan for you. Get on that table. Men in the room, you can't relate to that. Let's look at Ephesians, not Ephesians, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was building a wall. You know this story? Nehemiah 4. He's building a wall. He's at the end of building the wall. And Sanballat and Tobiah are finding reasons for him to come off that wall. And you know what Nehemiah said? I don't have the time to come off this wall. I am doing what God has called me to do. Men, you don't have the time to come off that wall. You are building families. You are building legacies. You are building destinies. And you don't have time to be offended by stupid stuff. Get back on the wall. Get, ladies, get back on the birthing table. Men, get back on the wall. You have a destiny, and God is calling you to that destiny. Denzel Washington was right. <laughs> when he told Will Smith that at your highest times, that's when the devil comes for you. Because Nehemiah was almost finished with that wall. He was just about finished. And that's when he had, the enemy was trying to pull him off of that wall. And he refused to move. We have to be aware of the enemy's plots against us. And we have to stay on the wall. Stay on the birthing table. Let me sum it up really quick. People, let's take care of ourselves. Eat well, sleep well, be in presence with the Lord. Let's, let's deal with our shadows. We all have them. Let's deal with them. Let's, take, let's make going to counseling and getting counseling, counseling the normal. Let's take away the stereotypes. Let's take away the taboo. Get the help you need because you have a destiny. And those things that you're dealing with from your past, they are preventing you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Think the best of others. It's not about us all the time. People generally, I, I, I really believe people generally are good. And we have to see the best in them. Don't play in the dirt. Don't get off the birthing table to deal with the messes, the, the crazy parents in your life. Don't get off the birthing table. Do what God has called. Be focused. Be focused on the destiny God has for you. I feel like in, I'm, I'm ending. <laughs> I'm ending. I just want to talk to you for a minute. I feel like in 2020, 2019, 2020, 2021, uh, some of us got off the table. 
some of us were offended by what's going on in politics. Some of us, when I say some of us, I mean me, are offended by church hurt. Some of us are just disappointed at the promises of God that we have not seen come to pass. And because of that, we've gotten off that birthing table. We've gotten offended. We're disappointed. We're hurt. And I believe right now God is calling you to come back. Get back on that birthing table. Get back to building the wall. Those things that God has put on your heart, and you know they're from God, those promises that God has put on your heart that you've forgotten about, that you've let go to the side because of the offense. It's time to just let it go. 2022, Sunday, April 24th, the day after Resurrection Day, let us all be resurrected in our purposes and our plans. And if that is you, if I've spoken anything to you, if you're dealing with offense right now, family, politics, church, crazy parents, you're dealing with any type of offense right now, I would love to pray for you. I would love to just bring you back, position you back on that birthing table because God has a plan for you. And I refuse, I refuse to not walk in my destiny. I want my epithet to be, not like my Misha that I was bearing after years. I want my epithet to be, she walked in her destiny with joy, with grace, with tenacity. And that's what I want for all of you. Amen. 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 Amen.